0: Cool, well, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and get started. I'm gonna try and speak loudly. Um, so over the uh, weekend, last weekend, can I get can I get a hoot if you're on the retreat? Like a, woo! <laughs> okay, very good. Um, it was it was a really good time, uh, and while we were there at the retreat, Dr. Potter, who was our speaker, introduced something called the Three Circles. And We're going to use it just as a tool over the rest of the semester for outlining and thinking about the gospel and also for teaching the gospel to other people. Uh, There's a lot of advantages to using it as this outline. And so um, it is quite visual, so I'm not going to be able to reproduce it right now and tonight. Oh, that was very bright. Um, Should I speak the whole time like this? (laughs) All right, everyone. (laughs) Um, So... Uh, we're not going to be able to use uh, like a visual for tonight, but I uh, I do want to actually walk through it over the next few weeks. And tonight, uh, that means that we actually start at the beginning, which is God's design. And I was actually excited because I get to talk about God's design as we sit in nature and listen to the, the bugs and we can watch the fire and we can listen to Tryon Road, <laughs> which is nearby. But it actually is quite fitting to talk about creation while we're sitting outside, I think. There's something fitting about that. Um, and so, to talk about creation, uh, we're gonna actually go to... What are you looking at? There's red ants everywhere. Wait, red ants? All right, if you start getting bitten, you're forgiven if you get up and, and move. I, I did say that the round is safe, uh, totally without warrant. I've never sat there, I've never examined the ground, but uh, I really... <laughs> I hope that you guys are all right, okay. Uh, So actually, we're gonna start by memorizing our scripture for tonight together, just because I know um, you don't have your Bibles out at this moment, many of you could probably get your phones, but we're actually just gonna do it um, with our minds, okay? So the scripture we're gonna memorize together is Genesis 1, 31, okay? So you can remember that because Genesis is the first book of the Bible, and Genesis just means beginning. And one is the first chapter of the first book of the Bible. So Genesis 1. Everyone say Genesis 1. And then 31 you can remember because that's the longest kind of month that we can have. That's the best I got for remembering 31. So, uh, But there you go. Genesis 1, 31. So say Genesis 1, 31. All right, here we go. Here's the scripture. I'm going to make sure I get this right. Okay, one second. Yes. All right. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. We're going to spend the rest of our time on that verse, and I want you to, to walk with me through this just for a moment so that you can recall it and call it to mind, okay? And the first person to, t- to tell me, hey, I, I think I can recite it to you, uh, I'll throw a, a marshmallow at them, okay? So, uh, can anyone recite it off the bat right now? Anyone think you got it? Without looking at it? Okay. Okay. all right see no hands that's a good point though just yeah don't use the hand raise use the like over here like a a, a vocal (laughs) cue all right so here's the verse again genesis 131 and god saw everything that he had made and behold it was very good anybody want to try I see a hand, I don't actually know who that is in the very back. Oh, Melissa, yeah, (laughs) all right, go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Melissa was first. (laughs) That was really close, you got the first part perfect, and God saw everything that he had made. And so actually just as, as a little mnemonic device, So what do you guys picture when you think of God? I wanna get a little closer to you guys. For me, I like to actually picture something in my mind. So I picture, and it's never gonna do God justice, obviously, but I kinda picture like a blazing white throne or something like that. So I picture a blazing white throne, okay, and God saw, okay, now I I kinda picture an eyeball seeing things, okay? And God saw, what did he see? Everything, everything. Everything, everything ever? Everything that he had made. Okay, so then whatever, however you want to picture that. I kind of picture the world, and then it's kind of zoom out. I see like a milky way, and then I see the stars, and I see everything. And this eye is capturing everything that he made. Okay? He sees everything. So, and God saw everything that he had made. Now this is important. Don't forget this part. And behold. Okay? What does behold mean? Yeah, look! Okay? it basically just means, whoa, look at that! Okay? And behold! It's an attention-getting device, okay? It's kind of like, if you see that word in scripture, by the way, behold, it's kind of like, okay, get out your highlighter and highlight whatever's about, about to come next because we are slowing down for a second for me to say, hey, I want your attention, what I'm about to say is important, okay? So, and behold, so I kind of picture if I'm still visualizing this to memorize it, I've got the throne, I've got this eyeball, I've got this it's visualizing the universe that he had just made, and God saw everything that he had made, and then an exclamation point, and behold, and then what comes down? It, it was very good. 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 And it was very good. Okay? Anybody want to try it now? Alright, Alicia. Because you're right in front of me, I saw you. I, don't know. I bet there's others. But... Okay, Genesis 131. God thought everything he had made, and behold, it was very good. I think that was it. Is that right, everybody? I think you missed the and at the beginning. Same can such an and. I didn't teach you that, though, so. All right, close enough. All right, there's <laughs> Riley. Riley determines these things. Mm-hmm. All right, very good. So, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. All right, so we're going we're to draw a couple of points um, out of this. And the first point that we're going to draw out of this is that the Creator created it good. Okay, created the Creator created creation, you could say good so the first question i think we need to ask if that's if that's the case is what does it mean to be good i spent a whole lot of time this week trying to like philosophize myself into what does it mean to be good because it's kind of a generic word and if you don't answer the question what does it mean then it can kind of mean nothing all right and oftentimes you ask someone how are you and they say good and it means nothing at all right Um, So, we don't want that for this. What does it mean that it's good? I think we can draw three things uh, out of its use in Scripture uh, that it most likely is referring to. Okay? And those three things are beautiful, functional, and purposeful. Okay? So, good means beautiful and functional and purposeful. So, God created everything beautiful and functional and purposeful. Okay? So, beautiful, a good example of this in Scripture is when it says like, someone looked oh, in appearance they were good in appearance. It's kind of how it, it's kind of awkward in English, but it basically means they were beautiful. They were good looking. Okay? Uh, similarly, uh, the land of Israel is often described as good land. I and mean, in some sense, that means it's, it's beautiful and rich. And we can also expand this idea of beauty to mean pleasing to the senses. So if you think of something like uh, What's someone's very favorite dessert? these What did you say? Flan. Flan? Flan! Wow, I haven't heard that word in like years. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys know what flan is? never yeah. heard of it. It's like a sweet egg thing. It's like No, I feel no, it's not, nice, so it's like not like a dessert. <laughs> okay. Well, if you are a person who particularly loves sweetened eggs. Sweetened eggs. <laughs> <laughs> you might say that that was a, 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 that is good, okay? But my point is, something can be good when it pleases us, our senses, right? It's, it causes pleasure to us. So if I eat, for me, like a really good s'more, I like s'more, we're about to have some s'more. And I can say it's a good s'more if it tastes amazing, okay? So it's beautiful or pleasing to our senses, so that's beautiful, functional, okay? Um Schiffer also describes things as good when they accomplish, well, excuse me, when they function the way that they're supposed to function. Okay? So for example, a tree can be called good. And that means not only that it bears tasty fruit, but that it bears fruit at all. A good tree bears fruit, a bad tree doesn't bear fruit. So it has to do with function. Uh, that's functional and then purposeful. So, everything was created also with a, an, an end in mind. So not only does it function well in and of itself, but that function has a purpose. So in Micah 6 eight, it says, uh, the Lord has shown you what's good, right? And he says, uh, I'm blanking on, on the scripture reference at this moment, right? He has shown you, old man, what is good, right? To uh, love, justice, and you. Thank you. No, nope, that's not it. Everything. Oh, it is what it is. Thank it you. Is well, this is embarrassing, but uh, basically, it has a, uh, a an end in mind, right? To love justice and to walk humbly with God, or something like that, right? So, our, ultimately, there's a purpose for us as well. but There's a purpose for everything. So, I want to I use the fire as an example of these three things: it's so say beautiful, functional, and purposeful, right? So, in one sense, fire in itself. I wish you all could see the fire right now, because that was the intention as I thought about this. But if you're like, but I'm going to look at the fire and here's just imagine what I'm seeing, okay? (laughs) So as I look at this fire, it's incredibly beautiful actually. Uh, And that's why I think generally we can be mesmerized just staring into a fire for hours, because there's something just marvelously beautiful about it. There's also something functional about it, right? Fire has incredible function, from the reason that we can drive cars to what keeps us warm when we're outside camping to the light that it provides, right? There's actually an incredible function to fire. Uh, but there's also ultimate purpose in fire. And I think that fire, through its beauty and through its function, ultimately displays the character of God, right? It's pretty incredible what happens when something is lit on fire. And that, that displays his wisdom, it displays his power, it displays his creativity. So in creation when he calls something good it displays beauty it displays function and it also means that it, it was created with a purpose all right so to go back to our for our script Robert, we kind of i tried to define what would it means to be good a little bit why does he say that it's very good right what's happening what's going on here and I, in fact throughout genesis 1 as god creates there's a little bit of background that um we should probably review for ourselves and that is I thought this this was supposed to be a no smoke fire. Who said that, Dylan? All right, I'm joking. It's all good. Um. So throughout Genesis, God is creating, and on each day, on almost every single day, He creates something, and then He says, "He saw that it was good." Right. So the light, He created light, and He saw that light was good, and then He creates other things, whether it be a, a firmament dividing things or he separates land and water or he creates the moon and the sun but whatever it is he says it's good it's good it's good it's good it's good and then something changes after the sixth day and by the way what was created on the sixth day yeah i'm sorry if someone said it and i missed it yeah so man is created on on the sixth day man and woman right mankind uh as well as actually all the creeping things that creep on the earth right like all everything that kind of crawls around. Uh, was created on the sixth day as well. But uh, this is the crown of his creation. This is the end of creation as far as the six days. And now is when we see some things change. Not only is God seeing it and saying it's good, all right, he, now he sees everything and behold, it's very good. Okay, There's three things that are different there. right? Number one, he sees everything. So there's something about the, the completeness of everything involved in creation that makes it very good and then we have this like i said attention getting device of behold saying pay attention to what i'm about to say here okay it was good it was good it was good but now when he sees everything come together look it's really good this is really good and i think what we should what we should take from that from the context is it's the fact that he has completed everything and everything functions together and that it is without flaw. It's without anything missing at this point, right? He couldn't have said it was very good until he had completed it, until it was a completed whole. But when mankind was established and commissioned to take care of the entire earth, then he could say, this is, this is very good. So there's a sense in which it's, it's complete. And this completeness means uh, it's very good. So I think we can actually define good now as it was flawless in its beauty and its function and in its purpose. So when God said, it's very good, he said, I have just created something that is flawless in beauty. It's flawless in the way that it functions and it's flawless in its ultimate purpose. And its ultimate purpose was to resound and rebound glorifying God. I think this has massive implications actually, uh, and we can't get into all of them, but, but one of them uh, is that this goodness is still surrounding us, right? We can still point to so many things and say, wow, you see the goodness in that thing. You see, the a fire is, is an excellent example. I can still point to it despite sin and say, there's incredible beauty and function, purpose in a fire. Or you can just look at a tree, right? Just, just like a, a tree that's sitting there and say, wow, there's incredible beauty and function and purpose to something as simple as a tree. We can use this and should actually point this out to people when we're talking to them about the gospel, especially if they are unfamiliar with the gospel or perhaps they deny the existence of God because uh, in Romans one, Paul says that what can be known about God is plain to all people in the things that have been made. So in creation, we can actually see and know certain things about God. What is it we know about God? His divine nature and his eternal power is what Paul says. We can actually see it in creation. It's like, yes, sin has broken so much, but sin has not erased God's fingerprints from this world. In fact, God's fingerprints are all over it. And to some degree, we just seem to like point it out to people. We seem to say, like, have you guys looked around? Are you really in denial of the fact that, that someone had to make this? Look at this beauty. Look at the way this functions. Right? I mean, I don't know if you've studied anatomy or, or, or the human body, but when you get into the detail of how it functions, despite sin. It's absolutely amazing. It, I mean it blows me away and I I, mean, I can't really understand it. but the more that you understand it, the more you're blown away by it. And that's true for how, how things uh, how, how beautiful they are, how functional they are and, and ultimately the purpose of them is, is displayed in it. The purpose of all this is actually to some degree evident. and I, it's interesting when we're going to talk about the three circles and we have God's design is kind of where we start and then it moves because of sin to brokenness and we can talk to people and say, Do you recognize the brokenness of this world? And almost no matter what their background, what they believe about God, whatever it is, they're gonna agree and say, yes, I I know what you mean. I'm broken. Yes, I know what you mean. I've seen the brokenness of this world. But I just wanna point out that acknowledging brokenness actually implies that at one point, there was something that was whole and complete and good. Does that make sense? Think of it, just, just the, the word broken means that at one point it was not broken, or else you couldn't call it broken. And I think people intuitively understand this even if they deny it on the outside, externally. And in fact, Scripture says they do intuitively understand it, but they are suppressing that truth in unrighteousness, again, that's wrong only one. But we can see And God has shown himself in creation. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the skies proclaim his handiwork. That's Psalm 19, which just walks through the incredible testimony that creation is to God. And so creation is actually very important in our witness to others as we proclaim Christ to them. And it's very important to us understanding God's design. The second point, so the first point is that the Creator created it good, okay? In beauty and function and purpose, right? The Creator created it good. Now, the second point I just want to point out from this scripture is that the designer determines what is good. The designer is the one who determines what is good. The Creator created it good, and the designer is the one who determines what is good. Can anyone still recite the scripture to me? Have we memorized it? <laughs> I All right. And God looked at everything that he created people, Yeah. Very good. Very good. I think it was slightly different wording, but that would be an accurate translation. That's, That's the Riley exactly. translation. What's that? It's probably not exact. It's the new Riley translation, the NRT. Very good. But yeah, and God saw everything that he had made I think you said created, which works. Everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. So the second point is that the designer determines what is good. Notice that in this, in this passage, in, in uh, excuse me, Genesis 1, God is the one reviewing. God is the one who's looking at it and, and, and assessing it and saying, that's good. And in fact, he has a unique right to do so because he is the creator. I think we can start to understand this when we think of the things that we say we create or the things that we say we find. Uh, I remember, uh, you know, as a kid I used to go outside and cut off sticks <laughs> from like thorn bushes because the thorn bushes had the best wood, I'll tell you what, they had some really good wood and uh, we would make like swords out of them, right? But I would I would whittle it down and sand it down and it would be a, a very nice stick, by the way. Has anyone else here like loved stick making? Are there any? Are there any? Is there anyone in the house that loves stick making? Okay, thank you. All right, I see you. I see you guys. I still love stick making, just for the record. If anyone ever wants to come over to my house and make sticks, I would love that. I haven't done it in years, but uh, but the uh, the the appropriate way to refer to it is whittling, I think. But it's pretty much just stick making. Okay. I think it was only guys. Were there any girls that have stick made? Oh, awesome! Thank you. Okay. Is that is it Natalie? Yes, I told you I'd remember, okay. Um, Natalie is also a stick maker. I will remember that, okay. But here's the thing, when we, when we say we make something, we can often say, because I made it, it's mine. And as a kid, that, that's like the final say, I made it. I made this stick, this stick is totally mine. Or, I found this stick, right? I, this is totally my stick. And we can do that with a lot of things in life. I bought that, so it's mine. For God, it's a different kind of ownership. We really can't, we don't have a a parallel for God creating something out of nothing and saying, that is mine. So everything that we quote unquote own in this world is not really ours, right? We should understand it as a stewardship. God has allowed us to quote unquote own it, but really it's his and we take care of it. And so God is the sovereign owner of everything, and that means, uh, And he he is that because he created it, and because he designed it. And as that sovereign creator, he's the only one who has the right to say what something's function is or is not. So he's the one who can determine those three things. What is beautiful? What is the proper function of something? And what is the proper purpose of something? Yes? Uh, What's the difference between function and purpose? So that's a good question. So in my mind, function leads to purpose, okay? So um, my body can function well, right? But what if I were to use that functioning to please myself rather than please God? Well then my my body has functioned well, right? You can think of so many athletes that have groomed their bodies to the point that they function better than almost anybody else, right? But then they stand up on the pedestal with with a gold medal and they are trying to they are gloating in their own glory and they have missed their purpose right and so when when we say something is good it's good when god made it in the sense that it functioned perfectly right so in the garden human bodies functioned perfectly in a way that we can't really comprehend because we are so riddled with sin and how that has affected our body but ultimately function is not the end all. It's its function that leads to glorifying God, right? So that's that's a distinction I'd make. Does that make sense? Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good question, though. So, so yeah, God is is the one who determines what's beautiful. He's the one who determines what function, what, what something's function really is, and how it should function, and and then ultimately what something's purpose is. And I think for purpose, we can kind of say, one way or another, everything was created to resound in glory back to God, right? It was created to Display him in some way so that we would glorify him more in that. Um, but then, like another example of, of function, we can also misuse things, right? So, uh, Thomas, my son, misuses things all the time. And one of his favorite games right now is to take a Scrabble like piece thing, like one of those long uh, piece setter things. You know what I'm talking about? What would you guys call that? stand. excellent word. All right, so a a peach stand, but he takes it as a baton because he sees Aaron Killian, like, leading, or uh, our John Milton, you know, conducting with the orchestra. And every morning he he grabs his um, his stick, and uh, I think that's what he calls it, his stick. See, he already loves sticks too. But he uh, so he'll just like wander around the living room, just like da 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 da. Okay, so he's using it for something, right? But he has totally missed the function of that thing. Uh, and we can do the same thing with, with a lot of things in our lives, right? Um, I mean, the, honestly, the thing that, that comes to mind is we can think that we know what the, what our, the purpose of our body is um, and, and kind of miss it. Uh, and that can go a lot of different directions. Um, I mean, homosexuality is, is one that, that is at the forefront of the, the political side of things. Um, but not just political, right? Um, homosexuality is a, is a misunderstanding of the, of the function of the the human body and ultimately the purpose as well. Um, But that's not the only one. Let's say that you uh, misunderstood the the function of the human body and you totally overworked yourself, right? You you, you kind of misunderstood it, overworked yourself and ultimately made yourself useless in God's hands. So you've overworked yourself. Or let's say you feed yourself terrible food all the time. So God is the one, though, that ultimately says what is good uh, in, in terms of its function or its purpose. So here's here's a question um, that I want to just put to you, to close out, uh, and we can have some more. But but here's the, here's the question: If God is the one who who really truly determines what's good, um, are you trusting Him in what He says is good for your life? Are you actually listening, and do you believe Him when He says something is good? Another question would be, how would your plans change if you truly believed what God said was good? Let me give you just a few areas of life to, to think about this with, okay? If he's the one who has the right to tell you what's good for your life and what's not good for your life, are you allowing that to influence your plan and how you construct your life? Um, so one scripture that gets me every time, is in Acts 20. And Paul actually quotes Jesus and he says, remember what the Lord said, that it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give than to receive, okay? That's that's language of goodness, isn't it, right? So it's better to give than it is to receive. So here's the question. If that's true, then, if we really believed it and we were given a choice between two options, here's are two options. First option, you can receive a million dollars right now. It's like an option. You can take $500 of your hard-earned money and give it to someone else. Which is better? A million dollars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's only well. You can give six dollars then. All right, you you beat the question, Nathan. I don't know if anyone else (laughs) caught that. Okay, you take the million and then you give it all away. All right have you ever received like a gift from someone i think most people have right Um, is your first instinct to give all of it away usually not exactly right uh but this principle applies to like all of life And, and i think parallel to it is another principle which is what jesus said and that is that the greatest among you will be the servant of all of you he says do you want to be truly great okay then you should aspire to serve. When you think about your life, let's think about your career for example. All of you are in a, in a place where you're trying to plan out your careers, to some degree. It is a part of your understanding there. Are you, are you thinking, okay, I know what Jesus said, and if I want to be truly great, then whatever I aspire to, should ultimately be to serve as many people as possible in the best way possible. That's, that's it, right? And, and that's, that's on a big scale, but on a small scale, on a daily scale, are you looking for ways to make yourself a servant of all people? And if not, then if in some sense you are disagreeing with God on what is actually good. And you're saying, I know better. I know better than God. A shift that, that convicts me often is, is when Paul says, who are you, O oh man, to answer back to God? And he has just said something really difficult in Romans 9 about predestination. But he says, who are you? To answer back to God in his wisdom. And so often, we do. We answer back to God and we say, I don't think that's good. I don't like that. I'm going to go my own way. Even as believers, we do that on a daily basis. And we know what's right. And we choose something that's more comfortable for us, that's easier for us. But ultimately, if we believe that what God says is good, is actually good for us, then we will do it. Um, okay, here's another one. If you're seeking a spouse, many of you in, in this season of life, I know I was, you're hoping to meet someone that you can marry. And as you search for that person, what is your evaluation of what that person should be like? And are you considering what God says a good spouse is? So are you, if you're, if you're a girl, are you seeking a man who truly fears God. Is that your first and foremost question? Does this man fear God? Not, did he jive or, you know, do we have to, you know I don't know. Do you guys use the word jive still? I don't even know where I got that word. All right. Um, what's that? Vibe, thank you, that's the new word. Jive is out, vibe is in. That's almost, it's almost jive backwards. All right, anyway. Uh, the, the point is um, now and I'm not saying chemistry is not an element that should be considered for sure but is your highest priority what God says is to be important about a man and similarly for guys, uh, in Peter he says that there's something so commendable in a woman is a, a gentle and quiet spirit is that something that you're even considering in, in what you're, when, when you're seeking someone to, to marry are you are you looking to scripture to say like what is a woman who fears the Lord and what does that look like any you can flip those things and you can ask, am I, do I look like what a godly person would be looking for? I know uh, for myself, I would never have chosen Kate, to I be mean my wife, and I actually tell her this regularly. <laughs> uh, but I know it sounds bad, doesn't it? Um, but here, here's why, it's because I thought, I, I kind of have like this slightly depressive personality and I thought I wanted another depressive personality to kind of commiserate with for the rest of our life, lives. Like, I, I thought that, you know, I kind of like enjoyed kind of being like, oh man, the world is so like, hard. And then, uh, and at one point I dated someone who was kind of like, oh, oh yeah, it's so sad. And uh, we'd commiserate together and watch movies and eat ice cream and, and just be kind of miserable. <laughs> and, and but, but I still kind of had this idea in my hand, this romantic idea, like that's you know, someone who really understands me. And I met Kate, and I did not understand her at all. Like, uh, there were so many things about her that I was like, I, you are a mystery to me. I can't understand you. At one point, I told her—I think I told you guys this—but at one point, I told her, "Like, are you being dishonest? Are you, are you like faking it all the time to are so happy?" I actually had this like feeling like she's such a fake, and I told her that, and I was afraid that everything was going to blow up. But she just said, "No, I'm not a fake," and I was like, "This is crazy. I don't know who this girl is." But ultimately, the Lord led like led us together. And, uh, and I'm so grateful that I followed his reading on that. I would never have chosen her, but I couldn't have. I didn't know what I needed. And I, and I could not think of a better wife to have. I'm so grateful to the Lord that he gave her to me. And that is something that the Lord did and the Lord led. And we can't always trust ourselves to, to know what we uh, need. So one last uh, area is that uh, another consideration you're like, thinking about is like where you're going to ultimately live. And oftentimes you make those decisions like, well, I love mountains and therefore I want to live close to the mountains, or like I like doing stuff outdoors, or I like the beach, or I like this community because so it's artsy, or I want to live in a city. And for sure, like God programs us in certain directions and sometimes He like totally allows us to live somewhere that we just love. Um, but other times, there's a reason to move somewhere that is not your ideal situation. Um, in order to serve God better then. And I want you to consider that. That ultimately, are you, are you choosing somewhere where you want to live because it is pleasing to yourself or because it's pleasing to God? There's a, a missionary, uh, and actually this is something that the Sabbath Church does really well, is they send out people who work and just have normal everyday jobs, but they intentionally place themselves in crazy situations. So there's a guy in the Middle East, I forget exactly what country, who works as like a, a naval base, like, coordinator out there. And it's an entirely Arab country, entirely Muslim country. The only way he can get in there is because he's such an expert in his field. And he's like, next, he like has an office next door to some of the highest officials in that country. It's amazing. And he did it, knowing that, okay, yeah, he moved his entire family out there with the risks involved in living in a Muslim country. And the, uh, just the discomforts involved in that, but because he understood, this is where I can serve God, and and each of us should consider that. In fact, we should just—I've uh, heard it said—place your yes on the table before you know where God's going to send you. And, and and oftentimes that's applied to like missionaries, um, and some of you may become. I hope the Lord does call some of you to being missionaries in that sense of full-time ministry. But this applies to every single one of you because this is a this is not just like a a ministry thing but this is a ministry for every believer kind of thing you're going to be called to go wherever the Lord calls you to go including in whatever vocation the Lord calls you into and there are incredible ways to serve God in just a variety of vocations so ultimately what we learn from from God's design is that God has a good design for the world It's, it's revealed in creation and it's still true today if we pursue that design we experience true flourishing and that doesn't mean that we experience like the good life all the time as this world would define it but we do experience true fulfillment in what god says is truly good and so i just encourage you as you plan your life and also as you proclaim the gospel to others think about how god's design is important to that what it contributes to the gospel and what it means for you individually as a believer and what God says is true and what what he says is not true. I'm going to go ahead and pray and then we'll uh, sing one more song and then we'll have some more. Let's do it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just this evening. How special it is, Lord, to be out here and uh, in nature and surrounded by your nature and your creation. Um, and get to talk about what it means that you created, what it means that you called it very good, uh, and how that impacts how we follow you today. But I, I pray that you give each of us a heart of faith, that even when it doesn't look like what you say is good, we trust that it actually is good, and we follow you. Lord, so that's gonna take faith. It's not always gonna be obvious that blessing is around the corner. And oftentimes it's going to lead us into tribulation and hardship and even persecution. Uh, But Lord, you say that those things ultimately are good in the sense that they bring you glory, Lord. And Lord, when you are glorified, we fulfill our ultimate purpose. And Lord, that is uh, the most thrilling thing I can think of. is to fulfill my purpose that you created for me and you created me for. So I pray that that truth would sing into each of our hearts, um, even as we enjoy fellowship now and uh, and praise you and and go from here into we week. Uh, we pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.